happy Friday, everyone, and Merry Christmas for this weekend to those who celebrate. We've got some highlight performances to discuss and a couple of teams on opposite sides of the standings to break down in Ottawa and Carolina. Then we look ahead to tonight's games ahead of the holiday weekend. All that and more on today's Locked On NHL. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NHL for Friday, December 23rd. I am Rachel Donner from Locked On Flyers. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here each and every Friday with Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders. You can find him on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. Thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We're free and available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Plus, you can watch us over on YouTube. Uh, Gil, uh, I would just want to say happy Festivus, first yes. of all. <laughs> Do you have any grievances to air in the world? I of will hockey? not air them today, no. <laughs> <laughs> and none with you. But how about you? What are your grievances for this year? Uh, right now, it's the weather, yeah. I would have to say. Uh, lots of the, the North American continent in a deep freeze right now. We've got some storms affecting the holiday weekend travel. We've got NHL games postponed as a result of, of them. And I mentioned this on Lockdown Flyers, but it directly inconvenienced me and my life with a rescheduled game. So yep. uh, not too thrilled about that. I know it's the weather, but uh, couldn't have asked for worse timing, I think. <laughs> Or what? Temperatures dropping 40 degrees Fahrenheit in 12 hours is just difficult. No big. Right? No big. <laughs> All right. Well, something that is typical is Alex Ovechkin getting on the scoreboard. And he still has not reached Gordie Howe in the goal standings, but racked another two assists last night versus the Ottawa Senators, who we are going to talk about later in the program but uh yeah he continues to try and get to that milestone and in the meantime reaching other milestones that maybe we hadn't even thought about uh, he got six shots on goal during that game and so now he's ahead of ray bork for most shots on goal by an nhl player yeah, it's an impressive uh, milestone when you think about it. And and the list, the top 10 of all-time shots on goal, Alex Ovechkin is the only player who's active and he's the only player who's not in the Hall of Fame on that list. Now, obviously, he's going in as soon as he's eligible. But, uh, right, slacker. Yeah. Why can't he be there now, right? Yeah, <laughs> it, it is a formality. But, I mean, you look down the list, you mentioned Bork, Yarmir Yager, Marcel Dion, Phil Esposito, although his shots probably, his 5,166 shots probably were only from 5,160 feet out, but if you add them all up, Al McGinnis, Mike Gartner, Gretzky, Brendan Shanahan, and Brett Hall, that's pretty incredible company. It really is, and, you know, 
I have mixed feelings about Alex Ovechkin just because he's on a division rival from my team. But I think that uh, you really just have to take a step back and put that aside and respect what he has done in his career. And the, the thing about Alex Ovechkin is that not only is he tremendously skilled, but he is wildly entertaining. Yeah. And his personality just shines through and you know when the caps won the cup again i was annoyed but at the same time watching him take the cup around (laughs) was just glorious and i'm so thankful that we at least got one alex ovechkin stanley cup win because uh i i think he would have been in the hall of fame regardless obviously But I do think that that was kind of like a feather on the cap and that it just sort of needed to happen, right? It, it did. And and look, you know, barring some catastrophic injury, he is going to pass Gordy Howe shortly. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the question is, can he catch Wayne Gretzky for the all-time goal-scoring list? But uh, what an incredible career Alex Ovechkin has had. And he's not done. You know, it's not like he's playing out the string and hanging on just to set another record. He is still an elite player right now. And uh, yeah. more power to him at this point in his career. Yeah, it's, uh, it is a thing to behold. And, you know, part of me does want him to catch Gretzky and part of me doesn't just because I feel like Gretzky needs to own something like that, (laughs) you know, for all of eternity. But uh, for somebody to catch that is, is going to be an incredible thing should it come to pass. But uh, for now we've got Gordy Howe on the radar and uh, we've got one more game before the holiday break for him to see if that happens. We'll talk more about that later in the show, but I do want to talk about the Boston Bruins with a comeback victory. And, you know, David Pasternak was a huge part of that. And Boston just, the thing about them is not only are they playing tremendous hockey, but they're finding ways to win in many different ways. And it's not just, you know, they've, they've had super decisive wins. They've had close wins. They've had come from behind wins that there's never a doubt that this team can win a game at any moment. Yeah. And, you know, they could beat you with offense. They could beat you with defense. You know, one, nothing is fine. Five, three or six, four is fine. They have so many different strengths and on any given night, different players will step up. They can play a different style and still find a way to win. Like you said, comeback wins, not unusual for this team. They're deep, they're talented, and they're hitting on all cylinders right now. Yeah. And, you know, I I just, that perfection line drives me crazy, but um, it's just one of those things that you kind of got to get on board with this season, whether you like the Bruins or not, because, you know, I, I mean, you know, far be it for me to put a curse onto them in some way, but you really hope that it's it's a team that can continue this through the season and take that into the playoffs, whether is this like a president's trophy team that then, you know, fails in the playoffs. I don't right. want to see that, honestly. I just feel like there's this thing with this Bruins team this year 
that I would hate to see it, you know, peter out in in a playoff situation. Yeah, that's always a thing. And, you know, you, you have this great regular season and then you end up falling apart. Yeah, first round exit in the playoffs and it's all for naught. But right now, if you're a Bruins fan or just a hockey fan, enjoy watching yeah. this team do what it does. No How about this? 20 consecutive home games this year with at least a point. I mean, that's you, you talk about perfection. That's pretty darn close to it. Yeah, I mean, it, it must be a really nice thing to buy a ticket for a Bruins game and be like, oh, they're probably going to win. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that, right? I know. I know. <laughs> All right. And uh, one other player that we've talked about on the Friday show a couple of times, but for good reason, is Eric Carlson. He just continues to make this shark season so watchable. And I love that for sharks fans because i think that's the ideal situation when you have a, a terrible team like let's be honest like when the team is not successful they're not winning games you want something to hold on to that's a really strong positive and uh you know eric carlson is that and so you know he gets a, a four point game and uh it's just uh, he just keeps doing it. You know, he has the most uh, four point games of any defenseman since he entered the league, which is a while ago now. Yeah. So, you know, he's got a nine game point streak and I, I just love watching him play. And it's like a really good reason to watch the Sharks. It, it is. He just is spectacular scoring just 44 seconds into the game, then gets the primary assist on the next three goals. And yeah, he is worth the price of admission. There's no question about that. And then, you know, while we're talking, let's give a shout out to Elias Pedersen of the Canucks who had five points and got the shootout winner as the Canucks came back to beat the Kraken in a shootout last night. So um, those Swedes out West are doing their thing. They really are. All right. We are going to talk about the Ottawa Senators and the Carolina Hurricanes, who are at opposite ends of the standings in their respective divisions, coming up next. But first, we have a message from the NHTSA. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by the NHTSA. Gil, uh, we have two teams that are so far apart in what's happening with them right now. But I think one of them is sort of uh, 
at expectations or maybe a little higher. And one of them is below expectations. And it's like, do you want the good news or the bad news first? Well, let's do the bad news first. Get that out of All the right. <laughs> All right. So we have the Ottawa senators. And I think that it's it's really interesting with them because they made a lot of really quality moves this offseason. You know, of course, they got to Brinkett. They signed Claude Giroux. And, you know, there was, I think, really some hope that the Senators would take a step forward this year. And yet, you know, you look at the standings, they're at the bottom of the Atlantic division. Now, you know, while they are five, three and two in their last 10, they still have been playing pretty uneven hockey recently. And, you know, what do, what do you think is going on there and that they haven't quite gotten it together? Well, I, I think, you know, you talked about all the, <clears throat> excuse me, all the changes that this team has made, bringing in Debrinkit, Brady Kachuk, uh, you know, th- they made a lot of changes in this offseason. And it looks like a couple of things are happening. Number one, they still need a little bit more time to gel. This is still primarily a young team. And we're seeing a lot of inconsistency from them, especially they're struggling to score five on five, which is a little bit of a surprise when you look at the top line talent on this team. And then I think as a, as a overall team, their defense just isn't where it's supposed to be. Cam Talbot has been okay. Anton Forsberg has been maybe average but overall their team defense has just not been as good as expected and and i think there's still a team that's learning how to win if you're a senators fan i think the optimism has to be this you're only two games under nhl 500 your goal differential is only what minus six uh and with a young team you hope they finish better than they start this year and that renews the optimism going forward yeah and you know they have had a few injuries to deal with and like i mean there's a lot of teams that have had some really severe injuries so i would say they're kind of mid-level on the injury (laughs) front but i do think you're right in terms of them just needing more time to gel and maybe they need like one or two more pieces they definitely need it on the defensive side of things and i I think that's kind of if i were them and looking to figure out next season it'll be interesting to see what they do at the trade deadline because they did take this these steps forward right so they don't want to give up too many assets um you know that they don't want to sell big at the deadline i think because you know they are in a a good position to move forward but they're gonna have to do something right to to try and gain um, space and and picks and stuff to keep building on on what they're doing. So it definitely is going to be a team to watch at the deadline to see wh- who they decide to hold on to and you know wh- what exactly is their core moving forward, right? Yeah, it, it, they are an interesting team to watch at the deadline, and it'll be kind of interesting to see how they approach it. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to get into the playoffs this year. I mean, the the Eastern Conference is loaded, but the question becomes, you know, what do they best do to continue building? 
they're certainly better than they were a year ago. And now the question is, how do you get from, uh, you know, that team that's around 500 to a team that's a real playoff contender? Yeah, I think uh, I think that is the ultimate question here. Uh, let's go to the good side of things. <laughs> And talk about the Carolina Hurricanes, who, uh, you know, they have streaked up and are now officially atop the Metro division, overtaking the New Jersey Devils, who in part of that seven-game win streak uh, beat those New Jersey Devils four to one. And, you know, you can talk about the Devils kind of coming back down to earth, but you know, they are 9-0-1 in their last 10. Uh, their one loss was oddly to the Ducks of all teams in overtime. <laughs> it happens. Everybody has a night. But, you know, I, I, I think that you, you, had, you just have to look at them and say, you know, this is a team that is going to start to peak at, at the right time. Yeah, and they're doing it with defense. That's the thing. You know, yeah. they're only 23rd in the league in goals scored right now, and yet they've taken over first place in the Metropolitan Division on the strength of their goaltending and their team defense. And, you, you know, some re for some reason, a lot of people tend to overlook the Carolina Hurricanes. They don't get a lot of media attention. All they do is quietly go out and win hockey games. Yeah, you know, and and they have like really strong offensive players there. That's like even Andre Svechnikov. Like you just don't hear his name around as much. Yeah, uh, Taravainen is really good. And then you know, I think we've talked about it on this show, but one of my favorite kind of underappreciated players this season has been Brent Burns. I mean, mm -hmm. he has just really created an atmosphere where he can be a good leader on and off the ice and help propel this team. You know, he's a part of their power play first unit and uh, he's been playing, you know, really good hockey uh, paired up with Jacob Slavin. Yeah, he really has. And, and, you know, Burns has done it so well for so long and it's great to see that he, he can head to a new team get a fresh start and and still play at, at his at this point in his career at a very high level. Is he as good as he was five years ago? Probably not. But I think there are, you know, 30 other teams that would gladly sign Brent Burns and, and add him to their roster right now. Yeah, I think so, too. He's uh, and, you know, he's another one of those guys that's a, a ton of fun to watch. Uh, unfortunately, those uh, Carolina Hurricanes are playing my Philadelphia Flyers tonight. <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, in their game last night, uh, Auntie Ranta played and played very well in, in that game. And so, you know, the Flyers are likely to see Kachikov in net. So, should be, should be a difficult one for the Flyers. But, I do think that it'll be at least fun to to watch Carolina play and like get more insight into you know what these guys do really well, and that's pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> they're struggling on the power play, but other than that, uh, pretty mm -hmm. tough to beat. And and you know, 
when you have a starting goalie with a goals against average of less than two, that's a pretty good indication you're going to win most of your games. Yeah. And the thing is with Carolina is, you know, they have a lot of close games. Um, They've had, I think, 17 or 18 one goal games, but they come out on top on all of them. So it's just one of those things where they know how to shut the other team down at the end of a game, if it's close or they can come back and win. And uh, I, I think that that's you know, a big part of what makes things difficult for their opponents. They are disciplined. They are well coached. They know what they have to do. And, you know, you, you think about how well this team has played over the course of the season and how consistently they've been winning and yet you know 23rd in the league in goals scored 27th in the league on the power play the offense is not spectacular and yet they're 21 6 and 6 that tells you how good the team defense and the goaltending have been yeah it's one of those teams where you gotta you know win the race to three goals and that's the only way you're gonna win yeah honestly and it's It's not easy to do for the opposition yeah, it's like it's a simple thing to think about, but not easy to do in practice. All right. Well, I mentioned the Flyers playing the Canes. We've got a lot more action tonight to talk about. And then World Juniors are around the corner. We will do that next. Gil, we've got a huge slate of games in the NHL coming up tonight because it's It is the last night of games before the Christmas holiday break. And, you know, the first one, Boston at New Jersey. I think, uh, you know, obviously Boston has that stellar home record. New Jersey is looking to really meet the challenge at, at this point against a very, very good Boston team. And they've been struggling a little bit. They've been struggling a lot recently. Yeah. So, uh, I think this is a very important game for the Devils. It is. And and from a Devils standpoint, at least they're at home. Boston's so hard to beat up in, in Beantown. But, you know, the Devils are a talented team, but they're a young team. So now they're facing adversity, really, for the first time this season after getting off to a hot start. How does this young, talented team handle that adversity? going up against Boston in the final game before the holiday break. This is a big test for the Devils. Let's see how they respond. Exactly. And we mentioned Alex Ovechkin earlier in the program, and uh, tonight is his last shot before the holidays to uh, tie up with Gordie Howe. And uh, the Capitals are hosting the Winnipeg Jets, who are one of the teams that have surprised and delighted this season. And so, you know, given that Washington has kind of righted the ship recently, Ovi's got this extra motivation to give everybody a Christmas present in (laughs) the fandom. I I think, you know, Winnipeg is going to have a tough battle here coming into D.C., they are, and and it is not easy for Winnipeg to travel east and, and be in on the East Coast. Last game before the holiday, but I'll tell you, don't count out the Jets. They have played very well this season. I mean, they actually have a better record than the Capitals, but Washington, as you said, 
red hot. This should be a great game to watch. Yes, I, I think so as well. Uh, Gil, your Islanders are face, facing the Florida Panthers. Uh, what's your take on this matchup? Well, you know, the Panthers have been disappointing this year. They're at NHL 500 after winning the President's Trophy a year ago. A lot of changes in that lineup. But from an Islanders perspective, they played such a sloppy game against the Rangers last night. Gave six power play opportunities. And you can't do that against a, a, a quick, talented team like the Rangers. The Islanders really, really miss Adam Pellick. Uh, and, you know, they're a defense-first team that's missing one of its top-pair defensemen. They don't have the depth to cover it up. The Islanders really need this game, and I don't know if they're going to get it. I don't know, man. It's going to be a, a real tough one for them. But I, I somehow think the Islanders are going to win this one. Well, I just I, feel I it. You're right. I feel I it for you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, any other games you're excited about? Uh, Colorado Nashville uh, to me looks like an interesting game. I, I, you know, the abs are starting to get a little healthier, but they're still missing some key components. And, you know, you never know which Nashville team is going to show up one night. They look like they could beat anybody in the league. And the next night they look like also ran. So it's in Nashville. Uh, I, I I like the rivalry of this game, and, and I think it'll be an entertaining contest. Yeah, I, I think that should be a good one as well. In terms of the late games, we've got Vancouver at Edmonton. And, you know, Vancouver has improved, but I don't know if they've improved enough to win against this Edmonton team in Edmonton. I think that's going to be tough for them. Uh, wouldn't count out a... Christmas miracle here, but uh, I think that uh, Edmonton will win this one. Uh, that is my prediction there. We also have St. Louis at Vegas. And, you know, we have a very similar recent records for these two teams, even though Vegas is atop the Pacific Division, you know, and St. Louis is kind of in the middle of the Central. So, uh, I think this will be a really good battle. I think so too. And, and, you know, Vegas is, is trying to stay in first place right now in the Pacific. They're four points ahead of the Kings, but the Kings are on a four game winning streak. So, you know, the, one of the great things about the NHL, there's very little room for error. If you want to stay in first place or stay in a playoff spot, you go on a, a brief losing streak or even a brief run of playing 500 and all of a sudden what was once a comfortable lead evaporates. I I'll tell you though, Vegas still a pretty impressive team, especially defensively. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Uh, in addition to the NHL games tonight, we have world juniors to look forward to that start on Monday on boxing day. So, uh, after the dust settles from the holiday break, it's a great chance for everyone to watch the, uh, their team's uh, prospects who are in the tournament, as well as, you know, get maybe what could be your first look at some of the potential draft picks for next year. 
I know for me, I'm going to be following Team USA pretty closely and uh, Cutter Gautier there and then uh, looking at some potential draft picks there. But I am very excited to to see this tournament. You know, we've got Connor Bedard p- playing in it for yep. Team Canada and who, who is the presumptive number one overall pick. And so there's a lot of exciting players to keep an eye on. Uh, who are you going to be watching? Well, look, you, you want to talk Team USA, you go look at Luke Hughes and, and Logan Cooley. Those are the two guys that that sort of stick out in my mind. And and just to sort of add to it, you got Cooley, who's at the University of Minnesota, Hughes, who is at the University of Michigan, little rivalry there. So, uh, But their teammates in this case, lots of great names to watch, though, in this tournament. Yes, it should be a lot of fun and much better than the last time because it's at its traditional holiday break schedule. And uh, I, I am very much looking forward to that week or so of action and uh, get to know some kids. Yeah, uh, All right. always, always exciting. I love the World Juniors. That'll do it for today's show. Uh, because of the holiday weekend, uh, Gil will be back Monday with a slightly different format than is usual, but uh, we will be back next Friday to recap the week that was and look ahead to the following weekend slate of games. Uh, once again, I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at our Miriam and Gil Martin over here is on Twitter at ice wars NYR VSNYI and uh, have a great weekend, everybody. You made us your first listen today. For your second listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available wherever you get your podcast.